This podcast is produced by Stirred Media. Hi, I'm Roscoe, and you're listening to the Roadie Podcast. It's an exciting time here at Roadie. We've been busy exploring the country shooting content, and we're building a travel app to help people find cool things to do out on the road. We decided to make this podcast to take you behind the scenes and bring you along for the ride. Kia ora, you're listening to the first ever Roadie Podcast. I'm very lucky to be joined by a friend of mine, Johnny Henriquez. Johnny is a content creator based in Wellington, and I've been really lucky to go on a couple of pretty awesome trips with him recently. Johnny's going to be joining us every episode to bring a unique perspective and ask the questions that we think people might want to hear about Roadie and about building an app. So Johnny, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me along for the journey. Yeah, Roadie, man, hell of a journey ahead of us. I think we started discussing the idea of uh, of the podcast and, and sharing this journey with people. Um, I think we might have been going over the Crown Range on that West Coast trip. Yeah, I think we were cruising over, music blaring as per per usual, bit of drum and bass. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of mountain and dubstep. Um, yeah, and, and you obviously mentioned to me that you were keen to start a podcast and I had this idea of documenting the process of, of building this app and we kind of put two and two together and thought we'd get into it. So Yeah, well, I mean, before we get into it, why don't you give us your elevator pitch? What are we expecting <laughs> from this app? You know, off by heart. You've put me on the spot here. Excellent. So the elevator pitch. So basically we're building an app that gives travellers access to local knowledge wherever they are and helps them to plan epic trips. Unreal. And that West Coast trip was an epic trip. It really was. I don't know how we managed to cram in so many bucket list things, right, in the space of four days. Mm, I agree. I agree. I think what was really special about that trip was the bucket list things, but it was also the the little hidden gems that not everybody knew about. I think that Waitoto River Safari was just something so special. He took us... You know, all the way up, he took us into this little kind of little kind of pondy sort of area and explained the Kiwi Sanctuary that was there. And then he took us all the way up, like to the top through the rocks, and then got us out of the boat and we went into like the bush. And he was explaining all like the all the all the flora and fauna and this secret little cow track where cattle was going along and stuff. It was amazing. It really was just raw, untouched NZ at its best. Yeah, like, I don't think we saw a soul the whole day. <laughs> like even driving there, it's just. Yeah. Just lots of sandflies. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sandflies. Holy smokes. What were some of your other highlights from that trip? Because, I mean, I had a few. Yeah. I think for me that Franz Joseph Glacier helicopter trip, getting to land on the glacier and hear and see and, and feel and smell the glacier was, was something truly remarkable. And I think I think the biggest point that I took from that was how fast that glacier moved. Two to four meters every single day that glacier moves. Isn't that something it's pretty crazy. It's it's amazing to think that, you know, with that in mind, they're still able to run tours um, daily and just that the, the landscape's changing so much with the ice formations every day and that yeah. no two days are the same up there. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. I think that was in the top five experiences I've had in New Zealand, Yeah, which is, is a bold statement. In our lives, mm. even. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Let's move on to where the journey of Rody actually started. How did you even come about Rody? Tell us more about it. So the roadie journey started when I got back from overseas around four years ago. I did a year uh, based in Manchester in the UK. I was playing a bit of cricket over there and then, you know, obviously doing a lot of travel around Europe. And I got back to New Zealand and like a lot of other Kiwis, I hadn't done a lot of travel myself around New Zealand. So I set off to, to explore on the South Island and wanted to see more of the country. But the thing I noticed pretty quickly was how difficult it was to plan a road trip through New Zealand. You know, I was taking a lot of inspiration from pictures I was seeing on Instagram. But when it actually came to planning a trip and finding key information about hikes or 
you know, these little hidden gems or local knowledge, bits and pieces, it was really difficult to do so. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of other Kiwis in the same shoes, we were, you know, typing things to do in Google, but getting all those generic kind of results, um, which wasn't what we were after. You know, we'd been mm. swimming in water holes in Greece and doing cliff dives in Lagos in Portugal. We wanted these sort of, you know, really local experiences and we couldn't find them in our own country, which just seemed like such an injustice. And I think it was from there that the roadie idea was born. I knew that there had to be a better way for people to be able to plan road trips in New Zealand. So I basically started documenting what I was doing in these travels. And, you know, I was making Google documents, writing all these little gems I was finding as I was going. And then I started roadie with an offering of self-drive tours. So I was offering internationals, basically car itinerary and accommodation packages. So, you know, they'd arrive in Auckland, they'd have all their accommodation booked for them, they'd have a car waiting for them, and they'd have this really tailored itinerary so that they wouldn't miss out on, you know, some of my hotspots, basically. Yeah. And I was chipping away at that and getting some really good reviews. I started putting together some trips that were more standardized. So I had, you know, trips that were preset, ready to go. But a lot of the business that I was doing was and these custom trips. So I was really customizing it to each individual. They were telling me, you know, the makeup of their group, their interests, what they're up to, and I'd put together a trip for mm -hmm. them. And so how long how long would it take you to to typically put together one kind of itinerary? What's sort of the man hours involved with with that? It was pretty laborsome. I think I got so immersed in it that I wanted every trip to be perfect which was great for the customer. You know, they were getting these these customized trips, really personalized and having the full experience. But from a business perspective, it just wasn't scalable. So when COVID hit, it was in some ways a bit of a blessing because it gave me a chance to really go back to the drawing board and I guess work out how I can solve the same problem for people, but do it in a more efficient manner and, and make it a more scalable and viable business. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And that's where the idea of the app came about. Yeah, so... It was a weird time. I mean, I think for a lot of businesses and people, COVID was a weird time and still is. But it was a couple of months where I was really just back to the drawing board and thinking of ways that I could improve on this idea because I knew there was something there, but just wasn't quite there. And I spent a bit of time at a place called Creative HQ in Wellington. Creative HQ are a company that help startups in New Zealand basically refine their ideas and create scalable mm -hmm. businesses. And I spent a couple of months in there just basically just thinking. <laughs> like I honestly just had the thinking cap on and was just trying to come up with ideas and working with some really cool mentors. And that's what led me to this idea of an app. And basically what I want to do with the app is be able to offer these trips to more people but allow people to do it for themselves rather than us behind the scenes putting together these trips. Mm. Yeah, so I was in there for a couple of months and then a big opportunity came, which was a tourism accelerator where they accepted six tourism companies from around New Zealand, all with the common goal of making tourism in New Zealand better in some way or another. Yeah. And I pitched them this idea of this app and managed to get in and then was basically involved in a four-month program there, refining my idea, getting awesome. advice, chipping away at it. And then, yeah, that finished up in March and it's been all go since then. Yeah, yeah. so you had a successful pitching session. I understand it was a little bit like a Dragon's Den sort of situation. Tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, so the pitching process has been pretty new to me, but basically you pitch to get into the accelerator. You know, think going back to school and getting the old PowerPoint out and uh, <laughs> writing all your, all your best points down. So that was basically just selling these guys the idea that they believed in what I was doing, and that got me into the accelerator. So that was, yeah, what I planned to do with the app, the problem I was solving who was going to execute that solution. And then 
the second pitch I guess I did was at the end of the accelerator. So through that program, we had the opportunity to pitch to investors at the end to sell them our business ideas. So after the four months, I pitched and was able to raise a little bit of investment to basically help fund some of the development for this app. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Where did the idea for the app actually come from? Can you expand a little bit more on uh, on some of your influences there? Yeah. The idea for the app actually came from Pokemon Go, funnily enough. You know, I obviously noticed how how many people were getting addicted to this this game and this app and going around New Zealand capturing these Pokemon. I actually wasn't one of them. I never had the app, but I obviously knew what it did and, <laughs> and what, what it was about. And I just had this idea, you know, what if instead of catching Pokemon, we're ticking off these amazing bucket list travel experiences around New Zealand. And that kind of started me off on this idea. Obviously, I had the idea of bringing local knowledge and I'm like, can I kind of combine the two and create this platform that helps people find cool things to do, but also does it in a fun and interactive way and a competitive way. And whether or not people are going to buy into this whole idea of competing against ticking Travel experiences off is something we'll find out in November. So, bro, I put so many hours into Pokemon Go. Like, I went out. I I was lazy in a time of my life, and Pokemon Go got me out walking. Like, <laughs> Pokemon Go got me out wanting to catch that bloody Magikarp and that Ghastly that was up the street and stuff. And I'd be getting Pokeballs and other kinds of random crazy things from power boxes and all yeah. kinds of stuff, like different landmarks and that kind of thing. It was actually it was actually so much fun. Favorite Pokemon? Favorite Pokemon. Oh, great question. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the status quo and I'm going to say Charizard. <laughs> he was my hero. Solid. He was my hero. Like Richie McCaw. He's also one of my heroes. <laughs> Charizard and Richie. Yeah. Fair play. So that's where the idea originated. But how do you get from Pokemon Go to a travel app? Yeah, so I guess this whole gamification thing is is one component of the app, but the key thing we want this app to do is to help people find cool things to do and allow them to plan epic trips. So our app's going to be made up of a bunch of local travel experiences. It's going to allow people to add things to, to bucket lists and create itineraries based on things that they're interested in. It's going to consist of both free and paid experiences, and it's just going to be a really interactive and easy and visual tool that allows travelers to create seamless and personalized travel experiences throughout the country. Unreal. Unreal. So you talked about gamification. How does that look like? Is there like leaderboards? Is there winners? Is there losers? Tell us a little bit more around that side of the app. Yeah, exactly that. So we're looking at putting leaderboards on this app. So you'll be able to compete with your friends as well as other users on the app and see where you stack up. And these leaderboards could be anything from most experiences ticked off in the country to most badges earned. And the badges that we're bringing in are things like you might do five hikes and earn a hiking badge, or you do three waterfalls and you earn a waterfall badge. And you'll be able to go onto someone's profile and see which badges they've ticked off. You'll be able to see which badges are available that you can tick off. And we're hoping that it sort of adds to the travel experience and makes it makes it more fun and interactive. Yeah, there's no no winners and losers, but we really just want to encourage people to get out there and explore the backyard and go to places that they wouldn't normally consider. Mm, awesome. And we'll touch more on the app in further episodes. But for now, how are you keeping yourself busy? What is Roadie up to between now and November? Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of work that goes into building an app and to think that we're attempting to launch in November and what we still need to do is a pretty crazy thought. Yeah. But, you know, we're doing our best to make that happen. 
other than everything app related, we are doing a lot of content creation shoots. So we're doing a lot of work with regional tourism organizations, basically promoting regions throughout New Zealand as attractive tourism destinations for travelers. Mm. So it's pretty awesome for us. We're going to all these epic parts of New Zealand. We're taking photo and video content. We're posting about it on our channels and giving these places exposure and reach through our platform. But we're also creating that content that these regions can can use in ads and on their own channels to further promote their region. Yeah, yeah, it's quite an interesting space, the the regional tourism at the moment. You know, obviously these tourism businesses are having to pivot to a, to a domestic market and they're not having those internationals coming in. So a lot of that language changes, a lot of that creative changes. We're essentially trying to promote New Zealanders to visit New Zealand. And I feel like we've almost got this kind of arrogance about us that we know all the things that we can do already in New Zealand I completely agree. I think people from New Zealand think they know more about New Zealand travel than mm. they actually do. But your classic Kiwi traveler typically ends up going to a lot of the similar hotspots over and over. So we definitely like to try and draw some limelight to other regions and back to that local knowledge that not everyone knows about. And I think that's what we've kind of based our business around is providing that local knowledge. And we do a lot of that through our content and by showcasing it in visually pleasing posts and videos. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, I, I posted a, a picture last night and it was an outlook that captures the whole State Highway 2 and it has the Tataluas in the background. And it's kind of like the one spot in Wellington that you can kind of get all of that into one shot. And, you know, I feel like people don't really know this the spot. It was, it was Wrights Hill Fortress. Go up and have a look at Wright, Wrights Hill Fortress. Beautiful outlook. Great for sunsets as well. Yeah, I feel like people don't know this unless, you know, the pictures are put onto these platforms and, you know, people are sharing it. Yeah. And I think, you know, with with our posts, we try and give more than just a, a pretty picture. Like we try and actually include that information so people can go and experience it for themselves, whether that be, you know, information around a hike or directions to a certain spot. And one thing we did notice was the amount of people that were saving our posts because you can obviously see the analytics and we were seeing that hundreds of people were saving some of our posts and we just thought there has to be mm. something there if people are saving it to come back to this information surely we can put this information on an app and put this all, all in one place and make it you know super easy to access this kind of information yeah yeah and of course if anybody needs any suggestions on anything to do anywhere in New Zealand feel free to dm either of us Rody sure. or at johnny hendrigas so we've had a few questions come through from one of your story requests. Should we get into those? Get stuck into them. All right. So what do we have? Question number one. Thank you, NZ Roots at NZ Roots. Tips for those wanting to start in the travel content creation industry. It's a good question. Yeah, I guess thinking back to when we first started to where we are now, I'm assuming this question is wanting to touch on how to get partnerships and how to work with brands. How to and get work, yeah, I'd, I'd say. I would say the key thing would be to get a few good projects under your belt, potentially do it for very cheap or free so that you can build up your portfolio of awesome content, create a media kit that shows off your best work, tells brands about why they should work with you, a little bit about your personality and what you can offer them, tells them what kind of demographic that you're dealing with, who's following mm. you so, so that brands know what value that they're getting from working with you. And if you can put together, you know, two or three of these examples, then when you speak to similar brands, if they like the look of what you've already done, they're far more inclined to work with you than, you know, just sending off a willy-nilly email yeah. to them or sending them a DM. Because I think a lot of people as well probably think that you need a ton of followers, right, to, mm. to work with brands when that's certainly not the case. No, nah, not at all. And yeah, I think for the most part, 
you know, it's it's making the content. It's actually having an interest yourself to want to write a blog about your top ten places to go to, or take those photos. Like every time you're going on a trip, like it's it's so important to actually be making this content yourself. You need to be making it for free for yourself for the love of making content before anybody will even attempt to approach you um, to pay you money to do it. So within like a creative sphere, and that's essentially what content creation is. You need to be creating just for the love of creating. Mm. Mm. Be authentic as well. Yeah. Authenticity. Mm. Very good. Question number two from at Hazel Dillons. Do you ever feel like taking photos and video takes something away from enjoying being in a place? I'm going to say yes, 100% it does. Yeah, I, I really wish I could say completely no to this, but it's, that would be a lie. However, I think there are ways to manage this. Like I don't think it's all ruined. I know when we're out shooting content, especially with, I guess, people feel obliged to post stories and, and be posting things while they're out doing doing stuff. So mm-hmm. I always make sure that I capture as much as I can while I'm out there, but then I save the posting or putting up the stories till yeah. at night, you know, when I'm back in the hotel or yeah. uh, back in the camper van or wherever. And and it's not all that it looks like it is. Like, again, Instagram, what you see on Instagram is just, it's just highlights. You know, we when we were in the West Coast, we did that hot tubs. We were there for like 30 minutes and you know what you're going to get changed you're going to get in the hot tub and you're going to sit there and enjoy it for 30 minutes no you're not and you need to get all the content that kind of stuff no we were working that entire time Mm. we were in those hot tubs we were making sure we're getting the shots we're getting out it's cold and we're (laughs) setting stuff up and getting back in and back i think i had 500 photos because i put it on a self-timer 500 photos to go through to get that perfect photo (laughs) yeah so nah i reckon i think it's definitely like going to a place Knowing, okay, put 10 or 15 minutes into it, get the photos, get the video that you need, and then just, you know what, put everything away, put your phone away, put the camera away, mm. just sit and just enjoy that sunset or that moment or those bird songs and mm. actually live in the moment because that's when you get the most out of the places that you travel to. I think one thing that I've certainly got better at, and I'm sure you have as well, is you know when we go to a shoot, you kind of work out pretty quickly where you're going to get the best shot or where, where it's going to be that really that hero video clip or that hero photo. So I think when when I started out, we we're just snapping, taking a million photos. But I think now you kind of work out there's no point in me taking a photo of this. I'm not going to use this photo. So we kind of jump straight to the shot that we think is going to be the one, mm. which I guess allows you to save time. Yeah. <laughs> you're not shooting absolutely everything. You're just shooting the stuff that you know is probably going to turn out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Question number three, Steely01. Thank you for question number three. We've got best hike you've done in New Zealand and can you please describe it in three words? <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> three words. Um, Why three words, Steely01? <laughs> uh, hikes for me are really dependent on like weather, company, you know, snacks. vibes, snacks. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go for one, yeah, one really good moment that just springs to mind was Lake Marion in Fjordland. Did that with my boy Nani and we just had the whole place to ourselves. We got there, sun was out, not a soul in sight, got the kid off in the drink. Big Nans. Freezing, yeah, freezing lake, but just so good. Cheeky beer in the backpack. Cheeky beer. That was pretty awesome. Now I've got to put that in three words. So I'm going to go Majestic hidden and mm, cold yeah nice 
feel like it doesn't sell it that well though. But <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> it's from my heart. It's from my heart. <laughs> Mine would have to be, um, I think, right off the back, Mule Hut. It was it was arduous. Um, it was <laughs> that better be in your three words. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know how to spell it. Um, <laughs> arduous, mentally challenging, as one word, <laughs> and. Highly rewarding. I know there's a few more than, than it's about seven words, but. About seven words, but yeah, beautiful hike. Yeah, a lot of steps done that day. And there's Kia at the top. It's a beautiful red hut as well. Yeah, obviously we're up there just for the beautiful views in the morning too. Yeah, awesome. Really, really good. Nice. Question number four from Shadul06. Thank you, Shadul06. We got, how did the app user testing session go the other day and are you on track for your launch? Yeah, cool. So I guess for those that, Underwear, we ran a user testing session in the roadie office the other day. We put it up on our Instagram story and had a bunch of people that were keen to come and give us some feedback. So it went really well. We had a nice small group, which was perfect for what we wanted. It meant that everyone could, you know, give us their honest feedback on on a bunch of stuff to do with the app. So it was, yeah, really successful. I'll touch on one key thing that came out of it, which was this idea of friends versus followers on the app. So Obviously, with an app like Facebook, if I add you as my friend, you choose to accept me or decline me, and then we become friends. But on an app like Instagram, I could follow you, but you might not follow me back. Um, so <laughs> what is etiquette? we're trying to work out weird. what route we want to go down with that whole side of things. Or do we even want to have friends or followers? Do you, mm. do you need to be able to see that? Because we're not trying to make a social media platform. So yeah, it's just trying to navigate how that works. I think the term follower probably has some negative connotations mm. along with it as well. So, mm. you know, do we rebrand that to mates or pals or what are your thoughts? Yeah. Friends, mates, followers? Homies. Homies. Mm. I like homies. Mm. We'll come back to that. And yes, we are on track for a launch end of November. Awesome. And are you going to be doing uh, any more testing, any more user testing? Yeah, we really want to do quite a bit more user testing. You know, we also thought it would be a good idea to bring everyone along on this podcast as we're keen to get more regular feedback from people listening. Obviously, we haven't touched too much on features of the app tonight, but I think in future episodes, we really want to bring people into some of our decision-making because what we think people want in an app is not what people are going to necessarily want. So we want to make sure that all the assumptions that we're making are true and that this product that we're, we're working towards is something that people are going to download and use. Yeah, and of course, we want to keep the dialogue open with you guys. So if you've got any ideas for the app, slip into the roadie DMs and would love to hear your feedback and your ideas as we want this to be you know, a bit of a community project. Yeah, um, and we plan on bringing out an episode sort of once a month up until the launch in November. So yeah, looking forward to seeing where exactly we're at in a month's time. Stay tuned, stay tuned, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and giving us your time for our first podcast. And if there's anything that you want us to expand on or deep dive into for the next podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Cheers, Johnny. Thanks Cheers. for being here, mate. Yeah, mate. It's a pleasure. <laughs> How do you reckon that went? <laughs> Podcasting's tough. Podcasting is tough. <laughs> My mouth is so dry. I'm incredibly thirsty and parched. Parched. We, we do, do need a drink sponsor. Need a drink sponsor. Somebody get us a drink sponsor. Yeah. What do we have to do for this yet? But if you're a, a drink sponsor out there wanting to get involved, slide into our DM, send us an email, or just come knocking on our front door. Cheers.